Hello and welcome to Out of My Mind Box, a podcast about intuitive eating and mental health. Today I've got with me Xenia Ayotis, who is a certified life coach, intuitive eating counselor, and mindful eating coach. Xenia, would you like to say hi? Hi, everybody, and thank you, Anka, for inviting me to talk about intuitive eating. It's good to be here. Great. Today, we are going to be talking about the fifth principle in the intuitive eating uh, thought module, um, and that is discover the satisfaction factor. So if you don't mind, would you give us a little bit of insight as to what does this actually mean to discover the satisfaction factor? So discover the satisfaction factor is at the hub of intuitive eating because really if you think about it there are two reasons why we eat one reason we eat is to fuel and nourish our bodies so that we can live so that we've got energy to live the other reason we eat is for the pure pleasure and delight of eating something delicious Mm -hmm. and satisfaction and pleasure are two aspects that are very important when we eat. Now, when you come from a history of rules and restriction and dieting, the pleasure factor isn't there. It's almost like eating just has to be something you do. But in order to make peace with food, in order to reject diet mentality and be able to put in all those principles, it's important to get satisfaction from food and to in to get pleasure out of food so the japanese and you know in the definition of discover the satisfaction factor um the authors talk about the japanese and the wisdom of pleasure and promoting pleasure as one of the goals of healthy eating and healthy living Now, for many of us who are very rule-based or come from a history of dieting, we just look at food as calories or as the nutritional value of food, and we don't consider the satisfaction and pleasure factor. So by providing ourselves with satisfaction and pleasure, um, what happens is the whole experience of eating becomes more satisfying and enjoyable for us. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because diet culture does diminish our quality of life in many ways and decreased satisfaction in eating is definitely one of them. Um, It's Mm -hmm. it's almost like that uh, whole food for fuel thing is shoved on us um, that, that you should only eat because you need to, not because you want to. Um, it's seen as as not morally correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, there's this guilt associated with eating something that's delicious and feeling, feeling guilty about it or feeling as if, you know, very often you'll see ice cream des- described as sinful. So there's that moral component to food. Whereas if we just allow ourselves to get pleasure from it um, and, and not feel guilty about that. Mm. Definitely. 
So everyone's really got their own unique set of what uh, works for them, what uh, really tickles their fancy, if you want to put it that way. Um, what we could uh, kind of think about is flavors, textures, aroma, mm -hmm. and appearance. So I've got, right. we've got words like savory, salty, and sweet, buttery. Do you want something crunchy? Do you want something soft? So at any moment in time, you could ask yourself, what do I really feel like? And think along the terms of those descriptors and really think, what could I bring into my uh, food right now to satisfy that? And the key word here really is satisfaction. It's what mm -hmm. makes you feel like you've got enough. <laughs> yes. And that will vary from person to person. You know, some people like, um, when it comes to what you eat, some people like a variety of tastes. So they want something spicy, they want something salty, they want something sour in their meal. And then in terms of texture, they may want something crunchy, something soft. But the key to satisfaction would be variety. Unless, of course, you just have a craving for something smooth and warm. But... The, the main thing here is to be able to give yourself the choice, which is what we don't have when we're dieting. The choice to say, okay, well, what, what flavors um, do I want right now? What textures would I want? Uh, what added tastes do I want? And do I want the food to be hot, room temperature, cold? What appearance? So looking at the food aspect, but it isn't just the food aspect. It's also the environment um, that you're in that's going to make the whole eating experience more pleasurable. Oh, I agree. I definitely enjoy um, being out in a beautiful setting, a mm -hmm. restaurant or a coffee shop, overlooking a bit of nature and um, having my whatever it may be, a slice of cake or uh, pizza or yeah, no, I, I really love eating out. I must be honest. It's a, a full-on experience for me um, because at home I'm, I'm the, the person who cooks. Yes. Um, so when I go out and other people cook for me, it's like the biggest luxury ever. And that's what makes it extra special, I think, for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, the other things that we need to consider when discovering the satisfaction factor would be things like time. You know, so often I hear people rushing through their meals or eating distractedly, eating at their desks while they're typing emails or eating in the car, eating on the go. That isn't going to enhance pleasure or satisfaction mm. because our attention isn't on, on the food. And very often when you're eating with distraction or eating and multitasking, you're almost not aware of what you're eating. You're not aware of the taste and flavor. And then before you know it, it's gone. And you think, well, when did I eat that? Or in some cases, people will say, well, what did I just eat? Um, they don't even know what they've eaten. And that's the problem with multitasking and distracted eating. Yeah. Yesterday, somewhere in between waking up and needing to start studying, um, after my first 25 minutes of studying, I take a five-minute break. And it was time to get some fuel in me as I hadn't eaten yet. And I made myself a, a slice of peanut butter toast. And mm, yeah. I 
I was about to start eating it while standing up. And then I thought, no, I best, best sit down. And I saw a little spot there on the, um, in the kitchen table, but it was full of computers and stuff. And I nearly sat down there and just held the plate and ate. Then I thought, no, look, there's a little spot on the dining room table. And I went and just pulled out the seats and sat myself down and actually did a deep breath and mm. felt how my belly felt before. And then slowly savored that piece of peanut butter toast. It was actually quite an immersive experience. Right. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, the consciousness of that. And I also remember when I first learned how to meditate, um, there was a lot of focus on um, your awareness of the current moment. Mm. One day mm. at meditation class, they also told us to go home and when you eat, just pay attention to every bite. And that was the mm. first time that I actually experienced that, um, that satisfaction and pleasure that you can get purely out of focusing on the meal mm. as opposed to breezing through it or making it just a necessity. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, at retreats, um, when I run retreats at the Buddhist retreat center, uh, what we do is we, you know, typically we have um, breakfast in silence because there's noble silence from the evening till the morning. But um, what I ask the participants to do is to have the first 15 minutes of lunch or dinner, where typically everyone's talking and sharing, just to have the first 15 minutes in silence. Mm. And that silence, what that does, where you just bring your full awareness and attention to the meal, it's so much easier to concentrate and discover the flavor and the texture of what you're eating when you're not talking. But at the same time, when you're surrounded by people, that can also enhance a meal. It can enhance the satisfaction in the same way it can take away from it. I mean, if you're having lunch with someone where you're feeling nervous or anxious or you're feeling judged or you feel uncomfortable to order the cake or the pizza because you're worried they're going to judge you, you may not be getting that full satisfaction with certain people, whereas you might be getting more satisfaction with other people. So the context and the people can also have an effect on your satisfaction. Yeah. And as you say, the, the discussion that does bring something to the mealtime experience, the social aspect of it. Um, but I mean, as, as we've all experienced when you're out with your family or friends and there's that sudden moment when the only sound is that of clinking cutlery and chewing mouths <laughs> and someone inevitably has to say, oh, the food must be really good. It's gone quiet. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah, we, we're uh, highly aware of um, when we actually stop to savor that we are enjoying it. That's yeah, goes hand in so hand. So really, absolutely, it's so useful just to pause in the middle of the meal and just take a breath and just take become aware of your surroundings. Look at the food. Put your knife and fork down in between bites. Mm. Um you know, sip on whatever it is you're drinking, alternate between talking and eating, and taking a bite slowly just of one thing. You know, sometimes we stack our food and we don't get the full flavor and the full experience of the food. 
And, and another you thing know, that can that can block that experience and getting getting the benefit or the flavor or the satisfaction out of it is judging it in that same yes. moment, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So we, go back, we go back to the curiosity aspect. Mm-hmm. Try when when you find judgment coming in, try and switch that to curiosity. Finding right. out what's going on rather than telling yourself what's going on. Yes. So that goes back to that previous principle that we spoke about, challenge the food police. So if you are eating something and that food police voice is going and you're saying, oh, I shouldn't be eating this, this is bad, you know, watching your language, it's noticing that you're using, you know, you're in that food police voice or you're in judgment and then substituting the judgment or the criticism with curiosity and going, oh, well, how is this for me? What is this taste like? And as you say, going into curiosity and letting go of the judgment, because judgment is definitely going to get in the way of satisfaction. Mm, And what you were saying earlier, um, I want to use an example of um, someone who I worked with, um, a, a young mom with three children. And when it came time to having dinner, the kitchen counter, the dining room was full of books and homework. And dinner was a nightmare for her. She, she really didn't enjoy it because the kids were screaming. There was chaos. And she landed up really not enjoying dinner, overeating, feeling terrible afterwards. And then we kind of worked on it and realized that Maybe the kids needed to eat first, get that homework out the way, and then later she would eat calmly in a kind of uncluttered environment with her husband. And that shifted so much for her. Mm. That could definitely make a difference, I can imagine. Yeah, I don't have any, any critters or children of my own yet. Um, just as I, say, I do have critters, I don't have any children of my own yet. So I can only imagine that kind of a call for your attention when all you're trying to do is feed yourself as well. Yes, <laughs> and on top of it, if you let yourself get overly hungry and there's this chaotic environment, it's, it's a recipe for mm. dissatisfaction. Mm, definitely. So what could we invite people to bring into their daily practices their their daily um, way of being around food to really encourage discovering the satisfaction factor so i would say for the most part and this is never going to be perfect it would be to have like a gentle hunger not over hunger because that stimulates the appetite to eat the meal sitting down preferably with no distractions, um, in a calm and pleasant environment as much as possible, putting the food on a plate, eating slowly with awareness, chewing, tasting, maybe trying to have the first few bites in silence and using all your senses, sight, smell, touch, taste, and then noticing if there are distractions, even distracted thoughts, that can take away from the eating experience and then pausing, tuning into levels of fullness, seeing where would be a good place um, to stop. Also noticing your emotional state, you know, if you're anxious or worried or anything, that might detract from the food. 
um, and letting go of guilt, allowing the pleasure, letting go of rules, I would say, are some practical ways mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of working with that. And you mentioned just maybe taking the few first bites in silence or, or in awareness. Um, yes. we, could, we could use that as a tool, I think, when we are on the go, when we are yes, in, the, exactly. in the car with a pie. Um, yeah. you, could, you could take 30 seconds to a minute to fully savor at least a few bites. And then you can say, okay, you know, I don't have more time right now and just wolf the rest down as you may need to. Um, but just that, that shift in perspective for those few bites hmm. can make the difference in satisfaction level to the whole meal experience heightened. Yes, it's really accepting that, you know what, this is one of those meals that's going to be on the go, but let me try and have one or two bites of this meal with my full attention and accepting that this isn't the ideal scenario and just being flexible with yourself around mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Did you want to share with us um, the uh, something like the satisfaction scale, if you wanted to show us a oh, yes. Oh, thank you for reminding me. I'm going to bring up the pleasure meter. It's a, it's a diagram. So just give me a minute while I call it up. Okay, so here we have a pleasure meter. And, you know, on the one hand, we've got disgusting. You know, if it tastes disgusting, really don't eat it. Not great, okay, nice, delicious, delectable. Mm -hmm. So really recognizing how much pleasure am I getting from what I'm eating. And uh, one of the mindful eating teachers um, her name is Michelle May. She's written many books. She always says, eat what you love, love what you eat. Mm. So if you're not loving it, leave it. If you can, obviously, and you do have other options. And um, as much as possible, don't settle. Mm. Eat food. Sometimes the meal is going to be functional and there's not much you can do about that. But as much as possible, try and make the meal as pleasant and pleasurable and satisfying as you possibly can. And checking in with satisfaction levels, with taste and, you know, if it's really enjoyable for you. And this is um, a pleasure meter that you can use to see where the taste of the food is. So sometimes you're going to eat your food and it's not necessarily going to be on the, the pleasurable side of the scale, but it might just be something that you need for energy there and then. But if you think about it, could you actually manufacture your eating habits so that most everything gives you pleasure and satisfaction? I remember a time when I, I think it was near the beginning of my intuitive eating journey where at some point I struggled to get satisfaction out of food. It felt like a burden. It felt like something I had to do. I think it's a phase that a lot of people go through. Um, and it felt like I wish I didn't have to worry about it and that I could just take a pull or a shake or something and that would be sufficient, um, yes. which is not the case. And right. so then I would just be, you know, eating whatever I think, uh, you know, is okay for me nothing was about pleasure anymore. Mm. And I don't know how I turned that corner, but um, now it is so much more important for me that mm. 
the mm. meal that's coming up. I'm, I'm either looking forward to it or enjoying making it or really love the ingredients or, or it's one of my favorites. Um, and I think it's, it's important to realize that you can actually enjoy most of your food. You don't have to be stuck. Yes. So, I, I mean, I remember with, when I was on, you know, 12 years ago, I had stopped dieting and started with intuitive eating. In my dieting days, I also used to dream about just having like a protein bar, which had all the nutrients, everything I needed, and I could just eat three of those. Yeah. <laughs> Quite important, it was lunch and supper and something similar for snacks, you know. At that stage, hunger and fullness didn't count. It was just three meals, two snacks, depending on whatever diet I was on. Yeah. And then discovering intuitive eating. And boy, every meal needed to be satisfying and pleasurable and tasty. And if a meal wasn't, I would be so disappointed. I felt cheated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I kind of have made peace with it. It's, um, you know, some meals are going to be better than others. Yeah, sometimes some it's going to be purely you. functional. Yeah. So much is going to be like, get me from hunger to no longer hungry or like some level of fullness so that I could get on with things. And sometimes they're just going to be incredible. And... I guess further along on the journey, it's making peace with the fact that you will eat again. Now, if you've experienced food insecurity, if you've experienced deprivation, access to food, that could be challenging. But it is making peace with the fact that some meals are going to be better than others. Some are going to be functional. And the great thing is that, you know, for the most part, we eat three meals a day. There are plenty opportunities and if a meal has not like been the best meal, what, I, what works for me is say I've had something that just hasn't been great. For me, something that's always great is crackers and cheese. So what I'll do then is maybe have a cracker or two with a little bit of cheese just to round off the meal like that and then I'm good to go. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. I'd like to share one of my favorite quotes about eating. I'm going to share my screen so that um, you can see it. Okay, then just don't start talking again until I re-record after you share your screen. I'll say, I'll say when. <laughs> just a sec. And action. So the quote is by Luciano Pavarotti, and he says, one of the very nicest things about life is the way we must regularly stop whatever it is we're doing and devote our attention to eating. <laughs> That's so true. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've um, discussed the discovering the satisfaction factor. I'd, I'd like to maybe just end on a reflection, um, what, what we could get our listeners to, to go and reflect on um, in order to get this into their life. Yes, so um, a reflection for listeners um, could be really thinking about a best meal or food experience and Taking a moment to reflect who was there, where were you, 
Were you hungry? How hungry were you? Um, what was the atmosphere like? How long did the meal last? And how much pleasure was derived from the food? How much pleasure did you get from the setting and the people? So thinking back to pleasurable eating experiences and looking at what the different factors were um, in those experiences. Yeah, then you can try and, and almost recreate them um, in, a, in a way in your presence. Yes. I mean, they could try, um, the listeners could try and experiment at home by maybe setting the scene and setting up the table in an inviting way using the good cutlery and the good china and perhaps putting on some music, lighting a candle, taking a flower and choosing a food that they really like and, um, and make the entire experience pleasurable and notice the difference in their levels of satisfaction when they try this food experiment. Okay, awesome. I think we've given our listeners a few tools to work with. Um, for our listeners, if there's anyone who's managed to discover that satisfaction factor successfully, please share with us your experiences. You can contact me at Anka, that's A-N-K-E, at outofmymindbox.com. And um, Xenia, would you like to tell people where they can get a hold of you if they'd like? So... People can get a hold of me through my website, which is www.theartofmindfuleating.com, or if they'd like to email me directly, it's zen, spelled X-E-N, at theartofmindfuleating.com. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining me today, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Uh, that is principle number six we'll be going through, which is fields of fullness. So see you then. Thank you very much.